Welcome to the Mindset Mama Bears podcast. I'm your host, Allie Cleveland, a mama bear who believes that when we get our mindset right, we tap into a limitless form of transformational energy. Each week, I'll share an honest discussion with a friend who has a message to share about their relationship with mindset. We'll focus on the strategies they employed to overcome their unique challenges in life. My mission with this podcast is that their messages will give you hope for your own future, inspire you to make your own positive mindset changes, and shine some light on the path as you find your own way forward to living your best life. Thanks for being here, and let's get started. We're live with Sophie Eau Claire. I'm Allie Cleveland, and this is the first episode of Mindset Mama Bears. We, Sophie and I, have been uh, chatting, and we're very excited to bring this show to you today. So, without further ado, we're going to get started. And I'm going to—I've uh, known Sophie since I think she was in sixth or seventh grade, and now she's a senior at Miranda Cook High School, and she is making things happen in her life. So we're going to let her talk about what is going on in life right now, Sophie. Maybe get introduce well, yourself and tell us what's happening. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm Sophie Eau Claire. As Ali said, I am a senior at Miranda Cook High School. I am going to Thomas College next year to study psychology and finish up my bachelor's degree there with a minor in diversity Um, But right now, a lot of it is really just remote school. Um, It's been definitely a change in environment for being um, home all the time with school. But I I understand that it's what needs to be done. And it really is going really well for me. So I'm super lucky. Um, So for maybe something really good, I am working on a project with my mom called The Grateful Graduate. And it's where it's sort of a website and Instagram page where I'm offering my yoga classes, graduate packs and handmade goods to help pay for my tuition at Thomas. And so that's been really fun to, yeah, to connect with her and have something to to do that's not online school, which, again, is great. But, you know, something yeah. to something different. <laughs> and then maybe um, we'll um, maybe we'll link your Grateful Graduate page on your on this podcast so people can oh, awesome. be they can go check that out once they've listened to the show here yeah, and, and I wanted great. to I wanted to ask you something you said you're going to finish up your degree your bachelor's degree so can you talk about how you started your bachelor's degree while you're in high school <laughs> yes for sure so my school does something they have um it's called the pathways program and so they have the pathways program and dual enrollment through Thomas College and other main public universities. And so it gives kids the opportunity to take high school classes or college classes in high school that count for college credit. And so I, since I think sophomore year, I've been taking courses online through Maine that count as um, through their early college program. I've been taking classes in my school that count towards Thomas credits and UMaine credits and through the Pathways program. And so by the time I graduate, it's looking like I will um, have accumulated about three quarters of my credits for my bachelor's degree for Thomas College. And so that's where I am going. And so then it'll be about a year and a half, maybe two years to finish my 
bachelor's degree there in psychology and diversity. And then I'm looking to, well, the goal is to stay there for another um, one more year to do the intensive master's program, the master's degree program, and get my master's degree in criminology. Wow. I so know, it's a lot. That <laughs> is a lot to do in high school. Um, and I've always viewed you as an ambitious person, but that is fantastic. Congratulations on all of yeah. that hard work coming. Thank you. Coming to so fruition. Much. Yeah, no, for sure. And my parents were, when they first started talking to me about it, um, just kind of the graduating with no debt is a really big goal. And the biggest gift that they could give me were the tools to try to do that. And they certainly have and supported me through all of that and my amazing counselors at Thomas and at Miranda Cook. So it's all been pretty amazing and a really good experience that's going to help me out in the long run, big time. (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. Maybe we'll talk more about uh, debt-free graduation in a minute here, but tell yeah. me something that, um, so I like using this rosebud thorn model for sort of what's happening like right now. So the grateful graduate would be the thing that's your rose. And what's something that's the bud? What are you looking forward to in the next short-term horizon? Well, short term, this winter is coming up and I'm really looking forward to some snow. Um, Cross country was definitely an interesting experience. Um, And so I'm interested to see how Nordic is going to go, Nordic skiing. Um, And then also just kind of graduating and see what's um, just kind of what's going to happen next with college and yeah, just I'm I'm excited for a lot of things and for, I'm very lucky to be excited right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are really struggling with the uncertainty of the future right now, but it sounds like you're staying focused on the things that you have planned and and that's exactly. a great strategy. Great mindset. Right. Um, well, I'm, I'd like to try. <laughs> yeah. And so the last piece of that would be the thorn. And what's something that you're struggling maybe a little bit with right now and finding your way around? Well, um, I feel I do my best when I am incredibly busy. So both staying busy and making it okay not to be has been a battle for me for sure, mindset wise, and in a lot of ways with remote school, because I don't have a lot of the things that kept me really busy and occupied. So I'm working on finding new ways to be productive and also adjusting my expectations for the time being regarding busyness and productivity and just finding, again, new ways to um, better myself and just be productive and happy. (laughs) Okay. Well, that that is a real struggle. Um, So I... Definitely appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, how about, uh, let's talk about your yoga practice. This is something that's came on since I've spent time hanging out um, at the Marana Cook area. So tell me about that. How did that come about and what's yeah, happening with so, it? Yeah, so about a year ago, I started, a little more than a year ago, I started my 200-hour yoga training um, at Arcana Yoga Studio in Portland. I definitely recommend that place. They're incredible. And the owner, Jenny, is the most amazing human being. And so I um, trained there and for 200 hours, and it was a trauma-informed yoga training. And so, um, well, not trauma-informed, but I guess just 
focused and incorporating ways to recover and bring that into communities with yoga and holistic practice. And so once I got that certificate, um, I started practicing and teaching in the local area. And since then, I just have been doing my best to do all of it. It definitely has been different with COVID because um, in classes, Mm -hmm. they have to be a lot smaller and which again needs to happen for sure. Um, But yeah, no, it's been it's been good. And I am really enjoying learning from everyone and throughout my own practice. And yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been really good. And it's taught me a lot about myself and the world and mindfulness for sure. Oh, can you maybe give us a couple of specifics about what, what is your biggest takeaway from your yoga practice for yourself and your own? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, like I said before, it's really difficult for me to not be doing anything um, that seems productive or is viewed as productive. And so that meant maybe not caring for my body and my mind as much at all, really. And so uh-huh. having just one hour on the mat in a class and just having that time to think or just be told what to do so I didn't have to think about what I was doing or just sitting there. Like I tell my students every day, I'm like, if you sit on this mat and lay here for an hour, that's yoga too. And so it's, and your practice will be different today than it was yesterday. It will be different than the person's next to you. And so kind of that fluidity and safety of, of being there and something with trauma-informed yoga is changing your language and making it just a safe space to be and come as you are. And I have just really appreciated that time and space to find my own practice and maybe teach others how to do the same. And so, yeah, it's just been, it's been really nice to have those tools and techniques to just be. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And what a bunch of lucky people to have you teaching them how to get into their yoga practice, whether it's lying on the mat or stretching or doing poses. There's a lot of challenges in there. I know that for me, when I get into yoga class, my biggest challenge is to quiet my mind. Yes. It's just no, always for sure. going in the wrong, in different directions. And, and so I'm trying to settle down and be with myself and accept myself. Those are hard things to do. Like I I want my, my hips to be more flexible, but they aren't, but I have to accept who I am right now and then move forward and improve that. So. Yeah, no, I love that. Hmm. All right. Well, um, this whole thing is about mindset and, and that means different things to every person I talk to, really. So I'd, I'm curious if you could talk for a bit about your own relationship with mindset and what have you done over the years to sort of improve that relationship you have with yourself? I mean, I remember you as a an athlete in seventh grade uh, in track and coming to me and saying, will you give me a little more coaching? Um and I, I, that, that moment's always stuck with me that you wanted to improve, that you had that hunger for knowledge and hunger to get better. And so um, that's 
that stuck with me all this time and is a big reason Aww. why we're here having this conversation. So tell us about your relationship with your own mindset. Yeah. So I would say my relationship with my own mindset is tricky. I feel as though I'm very in tune with my emotions or expectations regarding my mindset, but it is what to then do with that information that I find pretty challenging. Um, A lot of people tell me that I'm a really positive person, and while, yes, I'm certainly optimistic, there are times, especially recently, when there is a fine and crucial line between positivity and ignoring very serious issues that need to be addressed. So I quite frequently find myself stuck between trying to be optimistic and making people and myself feel better about a tough situation, but also being rightfully outraged about the way our world currently is. And so making my process okay, whatever that looks like in the moment, is something I'm trying to improve upon. So again, just kind of finding that balance between being positive and and optimistic and working really really hard to have to see outcomes but also making it okay for it to not be okay and to speak up when i guess it's it's okay to not have the most positive mindset <laughs> sure there there are lots of things in the world whatever side of the fence you sit on that are not going well and and that's not a new problem for humanity, that's for sure. Um, but we have, there are currently lots of things going on. So um, so it's nice to hear that you recognize that it's not always, uh, what do they say? It's not always a bed of roses. Um, yeah, right. And then having that with my own motivation and everything is so different right now and goals are changing as they, as they should. And so it's just a big wake up call right now, I think, for a lot of people and especially me for just realizing what is going on and the things that we have the ability to change and our our mindsets and things that we can change within our mindset to make us more, I guess, I guess, just able to problem solve and achieve, but also adjusting our goals to to fit current situations. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds, that's a great philosophy. What, um, is there anything that's changed over the years since you've gotten out of middle school and on to high school and now you're getting ready to go to college and have a short stop there? And so, yeah, well, so I guess since, since middle school, we can say I, I met you my first year that I, I was at Miranda Cook. And so having that change in environment was really helpful for me. Um, I, before I came, I, it was a pretty tough um, district, I guess, to be in stress wise. And just, I think people's motives were very different. So being at Miranda Cook and switching schools really helped my mindset and helped me form goals that would make me happier and a better human and being surrounded with people that believed in similar things. And so that was really helpful to have and developing as an activist and an athlete and a student has all definitely, again, changed and evolved and having the people that have stuck with me and having new people and experiencing um, society in the world as it is now has has definitely changed that 
outlook. And I think it's for, I, I do think it's for the better, like the way that my own mindset has changed and allowing myself more space and, and, um, ability and opportunity to grow. So no, I think it's, I think it's good and change is good, but also recognizing that what is going on in our world and how that also develops and evolves is a really important part into changing our mindsets and, and, mm-hmm. and, and impacting our mindsets. <laughs> oh, great. It, it sounds to me like, and I'm excited to say this, that it, cause I remember you as a person, as a student who really wanted everything to be perfect. And so it sounds like you're giving yourself a little bit of grace to, to not be perfect in your life and to have to adapt. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Yes. No, for sure. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah. Good. 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 That's a nice change. Um, And not that you didn't have some of that before, but, but to really recognize that I, I know it's been a struggle for me as I go through my life to say, Oh, you know, I always grew up wanting to present a perfect face out into the world and, and that's not always possible. Um, and so I've, I'm, I'm on a similar journey. Good. Um, no, I'm glad. Yeah. Can you talk for a bit about um, sort of who are the people that have influenced you to think this way? And, um, and are they still around and helping you or influencing you? Because sometimes, you know, people come and go, like, I kind of came and went out of, out of that experience. But, but who are the people who have really influenced you? Yeah. So my parents, my 11 year old brother, Sully, my partner, Rory, my best friend, Olivia, and my ski coach, Steve, who you definitely know, um, my people certainly impact my mindset towards life. They are all really motivated and passionate humans in their own ways. And I certainly reflect similar traits due to their influence. They're always mm-hmm. there to offer advice or expose me to other perspectives when I need it. They're just such kind and smart people who love learning. And I am really grateful for their presence in my life. So if I ever need anyone to just talk me, talk me down and, and set my, my mind straight and bring me back to reality, um, that's definitely it like they they are always there and my friends and teachers and everyone my family members it's just I'm really grateful for them and they definitely impact my own mindset and my ability Mm -hmm. to have goals and and be my my best self fantastic well you you know people say that we're the average of the five people that are closest to us and and you have the list that you just rattled off there is a high powered um, list with people who are full of love and kindness and, but also have really high expectations. So yes, for sure. uh, That's good. That's all really good. All right. Well, excellent. I, um, I like to take people through this mountaintop speaker experience and so we talked a little bit about that um, and what that is for people who are listening for the first time is that Sophie's going to take a journey to the top of the mountain. And when she gets there, there's going to be 8 billion people. All the people in the world are gathering at the base of the mountain to listen to what she's got to say. And 
she's going to share that with us. Um, and she did have some time to prepare this talk, but she's also in my little experience here going to be hiking up first. So Sophie, let's just imagine that you are, you've just gotten uh, dropped off at the base of the mountain and you've got your backpack and your water and some snacks and you're headed up the mountain. Um, it's going to take you a couple, three hours. Well, we're, we're shortening the trip, but, um, but it is going to take you some time to get there. So on the journey, so go ahead and take that first step, if you would, in your mind, as you're headed up to the top to make this speech to the world and maybe yeah, share so with us some of the things that are going through your mind on the way up. Okay, perfect. So I've climbed it a couple times and when I hike, it regardless of the people that I'm with or what brain space I'm in, it usually results in me thinking for the three hours up um, and thinking in my own brain, but also thinking in, in my body and climbing that mountain and taking one step at a time. And whether you're looking ahead and at the top while you're climbing or looking directly in front of you, it really varies for me. I, I need to adjust as I go, but no, just breathing and taking that journey, taking my time. I take thousands of pictures on my way up, not just at the top. Mm -hmm. And I can go back in my camera roll and look through my journeys and, and my hikes. And I think that's, that's really important is enjoying the journey, not just the destination. And so um, oh, grasping nice. everything that I can climbing up and working through those 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 battles and we kind of talked about it um on monday or sunday and kind of that analogy of climbing up and getting to the top but then what i think about when i'm at the top of a mountain or getting really close or even down at the very bottom it's like my body did that i climbed that mountain and you can see where you went and there are different trails and paths to get up to the same de destination but really uh -huh everyone's destination is, is different and their battle is different to getting to what looks like the same, the same place. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> if Great. <that> helps. <laughs> it does. And um, so now just imagine that you're about halfway up the mountain here and, you know, you can start to see all of these people gathering and, and what might in that situation, what would be going through your mind? Well, I am, horrified of speaking in front of people or crowds so there would be that for sure but okay. i'm i'm getting used to it i'm getting there um but you're no, doing just, wonderful I would, today by the way oh well good i'm glad <laughs> um but i would i would through my mind i would be like hey you gotta talk slow but then just that gratitude and i would just love the opportunity to see everyone in the world that would just be such an incredible experience and yeah, seeing that and having that opportunity to be there and speak. And did you want me to? I didn't know if this was. Oh yeah, you're gonna get a chance. Say. You're gonna get a chance to, okay. to say what you needed to say. But I, I what's what I'm what I'm really interested in right now is, is um, checking in with you about this because what I think you just did is you talked about having fear, acknowledging the fear, and then you replaced it with gratitude. And what a great strategy. Yes. No, that is all thanks to yoga for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and and oh, that mindfulness. Good. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Because we don't want our fears to drive us. You know, we don't want to let give them the wheel. Um, but but they they are there and we have to acknowledge them and tell them to get in the back seat and they're not gonna get to drive. <laughs> We're driving. Exactly. We're yeah. dri- I'm driving right now. <laughs> yes. You're driving. And now you've actually made it to the top. You can look out, you can see all of those people. Amazingly, they can hear you um, through whatever technology we're using. I don't know. <laughs> we're just making it up as we go. Um, but you've got three or four minutes to say what you want to say. And this is your chance to spread whatever message you want to spread. So the microphone is yours, Ms. O'Connor. <laughs> okay. So before I start, I want to quickly acknowledge that I am a cisgender white chick from central Maine, and I don't and will never understand most of the struggles that marginalized folks and communities face. Um, But given the opportunity on top of the mountain, I would tell them to be kind. I would tell them that now more than ever, we need to listen to one another. We need to listen to our children. We need to listen to women and scientists and educators and black and brown folks And not only do we need to listen to them, but we need to believe them. Our world is on fire, literally. People are dying. Ecosystems are dying. Our world as a whole is dying. Women are being blamed for their own sexual assaults due to what they had to drink or the length of the skirt that they were wearing. Black folks are being murdered in broad daylight for driving or jogging or sitting in their own living rooms. Members of the LGBTQ community are having their rights stolen for just wanting to love and feel comfortable in their own bodies. There are children in cages whose parents are lost. People are living under bridges. Girls are being deprived of their education. There are incarcerated individuals that will either spend the rest of their life in jail or get sent back into society with zero treatment or recovery or rehabilitation opportunities. Before schools were shut down, Due to the lack of action towards the pandemic, kids were being shot in their classrooms. Folks with uteruses are having their right to choose an accessible reproductive health care taken away. Our world is on fire and we are holding the matches. Our people are dying and our heads are turned away. So it is up to us now to save our planet and the people living on it. We can listen to one another. We can believe those that we've denied for so long. We can work on ourselves and our communities to be and do better. We can come as we are and allow others to do the same. We can have hard conversations. We can march and protest and stand up for what is right. We can minimize our carbon footprint and plant trees. We can love and listen and change. We can change, not just for ourselves, but for our children and our grandchildren and the natives that built this land. I would tell them that it all starts with a conversation, turns into an action, and ends with change. I am sure that wasn't four minutes, but it would be along those lines. Wow. <laughs> well, that is a fantastic message. It was about, it was, it was what it was. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be four minutes. Um, it was beautiful. I've, I've successfully fought back the tears three or four, maybe five times. Um, and it gives me great pleasure to give you a platform um, through this uh, show to to spread that message and the beauty of these podcasts is that that message is now available to eight billion people um, that you just wow. shared. So whether they choose to to listen or not, that'll be up to them. And 
and um, and my marketing skills. <laughs> um, but we will uh, <laughs> get your message out there as best we can. Um, and it was beautiful, Sophie. I think that um, it gives me great hope that the generation that you represent will be able to take on the um, challenges that you are faced with. Uh, and so that's a great job. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so you, um, my next question for you really, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I was going to go one direction, but I'm going to go another. Um, yeah. What, um, talk about purpose. You know, a lot of times people will say, you know, well, you, what's your, what's your reason for doing all the things you're doing? What do you see as your purpose in life? What, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, so I like to think of my life purpose um, is to learn. I learn best through conversation and experience. I find that I learn most about myself and the world around me when I'm somewhere new or talking to people with different perspectives. So my dream in life is to learn through traveling and meeting people and, excuse me, reading books about others' journeys. And I find I learn the most through through words and people and places. And so going to those places and then maybe even sharing my own stories and my own offerings and findings, I would, I would find that to be a really amazing accomplishment and life. And so my purpose is to learn and to maybe help others do the same in their own way. I think that you are well along in that journey. Um, you have always been someone who's impressed me about willing to learn and wanting to learn. And, and then as you, you know, as you get better and better at it, you're going to want to teach those things. And you're already doing that through your yoga practice and through um, getting other people going. Do you have, I was curious, do you have, what's the, what's your clientele for your yoga groups? Just well, demographically. Right now, yeah. So right now it is mostly just people in the Reedfield area. I teach at um, the Big White Barn studio. Um, classes have been different just due to COVID and scheduling and everything. Um, but last year in school, I was able to teach in classrooms during my um, study hall or doing little yoga sessions at the Special Olympics um, oh, ski, nice. ski in Maine. Yeah, no, in, at Sugarloaf. And so, yeah, right now it's mostly just uh, yogis and students at the Big White Barn. And once, if things start to open up again, hopefully, um, you know, ranging that. But I'm also able to do virtual classes with whoever chooses to. And yeah. Oh, good. Good, good. Um, lots of people are going through journeys where they're trying to move from point A to point B in their life. And, um, and I wanted to ask you about, as you, if you were to take, uh, if you could write a time capsule and send it back to younger Sophie, and it could be anywhere in the past. Uh, what would the message be to the your younger self that might help you move along your journey faster? Are there words of wisdom that you would have for uh, young Sophie? 
there are so many. <laughs> um, so I wish that I knew how important it was for my own self to be comfortable and happy, if that makes any sense, um, that I didn't have to go about things in typical ways if it wasn't working for me. Um, I spent a lot of time in school trying to get the grades and do whatever was necessary to compare well in that regard with my classmates. But after mm -hmm. my sophomore year, I cut myself some slack. I took a step back and realized that in a month, in a year, a couple of years, the letters weren't going to matter. The titles I got or the school I went to didn't define who I was going to be. So I tried a lot harder to just learn and get things wrong and take risks in my learning that may not have gotten me the A, but it made me feel smart and good about myself as a human being. And it also is often that when you take away that mindset full of pressure and comparing and you just learn, your transcript won't look so bad either. I <laughs> That's often, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I often think about how when adults meet someone new, when they're shaking hands, they don't ask each other where they went to school or what their GPA was in high school. I'd hope that they eventually would ask what their passions were, what makes them happy, and what they hope to change in the future. And while you don't necessarily do that on a sidewalk, I feel that our depth as humans come, um, comes from what gets us up in the morning and what brings us joy. So I wish I would have had that mindset. And I'm also glad that I developed it when I did because I'm pretty happy with how my future is looking and kind of, again, changing that mindset um, just to what works for you. Oh, I love that answer. It, um, I re it reminds me, uh, I show a video. You remember, I like to show videos. So I showed a video to my kids the other day. It was Michelle Obama talking about oh. uh, to, to a bunch of graduates. And she said something very similar to the words you just said. She said, I have never, in all the people I've hired, I have never um, looked at their GPA and used that to make a decision. I want people who are excited to learn. I want people who are curious. I want people who are loyal. Those are all qualities that she lifts, listed off that were, and, and she said, I've never decided based on the school they went to or their GPA. It's based on all the other things. So you are yeah, definitely sure. on the right track. And um, <laughs> maybe Michelle Obama has been listening to you, Sophie. Oh, maybe she has. It's <laughs> great. Um, all right. Well, let's see. Um, what advice would you have for other women and girls who are listening about how they might improve their mindsets? Oh, I love this question. Um, I would tell them to not apologize for their mindset or the things they think or feel or do. We are programmed in society to follow and feel guilty for our mindsets and make others comfortable. But women and girls belong in roles of leadership. We don't and shouldn't have to apologize for thinking the way that we do, even if it goes against everything we're taught. We deserve to be angry. We deserve to be emotional. And we deserve to be and feel these things without having excuses made for those emotions that are blamed on our periods or unfitness to be in the positions we are in. We have good reason to be angry and nasty and emotional. And for the ways that we are treated for our mindsets 
And if you aren't, then you're likely contributing to that same oppression. And we are met every day with that double standard regarding our mindsets of having to be in control of our emotions and stay motivated and strong, but not enough to where we are considered selfish for asserting our validity or asking for respect. So all in all, my advice would be to be angry, be strong, be emotional, and use the criticism to fuel whatever mindset you may choose. That is powerful advice. And it makes me, it brings up another question for me, which is, um, would you apply that same thing to being vulnerable? Like, you know, I like a lot of people say, oh, don't cry. It's not okay. You don't really need to cry. But would you apply that same advice to letting the tears flow when they need to or being vulnerable? Absolutely. Yes. And not like just being emotional for women, but making it okay for people identifying as as boys and men to be emotional and allowing everyone to have the space to cry and be vulnerable. Because something that I found in my yoga training is that when you are most vulnerable, that is when the real change happens. And that is when active listening and real development and sharing and bonding happens. And it's the connection is all there when people are vulnerable and people are willing to be vulnerable and people are giving, again, the space to be vulnerable and living in a society where that has been not okay for so long or it's a sign of weakness is is really an issue. And allowing people to have those mindsets and be in that space is is really important. Absolutely. I totally agree. I've been, this summer I finished um, Brené Brown's most recent book called Braving the Wilderness. And oh, I love her. So, oh, me too. It's been really influential in my life and about, and every time I find myself being willing to be vulnerable, good things happen. Uh, it's a stretch to be vulnerable, especially when you grew up, you know, getting love for being perfect. And, um, and so anyway, I'm, I'm embracing it and it's a journey that I'm on. So I'm glad to hear that you think that's a good idea. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> I um, approve. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's move away from that for a little bit. Can you talk about, you've talked a little bit about where you're headed, but what are some of the goals, your upcoming goals? I've heard you talk about goals a few times, goals and aspirations, maybe short-term, mid-term, long-term. Spend a little more time with that. Yeah. So um, right now, a lot of my focus being a senior has been graduating in general, but then also graduating debt-free. It's a pretty huge thing in my family, and I'm sure for a lot of families right now, is that um, consumption that money and tuition and debt has taken over in our minds and daily thinking. And so graduating debt-free is a goal of mine and has been a goal of mine since about sophomore year when I started this whole journey with dual enrollment. And again, with the Grateful Graduate, that's also a really big component, but also living within my means and doing what I can do academically and through mini scholarships and outreach. Um, And then also showing other people that it's possible too. And my alternative um, way of learning and graduating and going about the American education system is is definitely a big part of what my 
goals have been based off of and where I'm going. And I've learned so much. And so graduating debt-free and then also with my master's degree, hopefully by the age of 20 or 21, um, just learning again as much as I can, um, living within my means, working to pay off what I can and just, again, doing all that I can to do that for myself and my family and my future. And so, yeah. And then um, joining the Peace Corps after graduation, I would really, really love to do that for maybe two years. There's a project called right now called Let Girls Learn in Africa and in South America. And that's like always been a dream is to just join the Peace Corps after after school. I feel like it would be a breath of fresh air, but also incredibly humbling. And again, that could be my new that could be my way of of learning and meeting people and traveling. Um, and then if that's not really an option, then maybe buying a van and living in it for two years in the <laughs> US, you know, yeah. that would be cool. Um, but yeah, sure. seeing the world and also, you know, like destroying the patriarchy and ending world hunger, just the, <laughs> the little things. <laughs> just the little things. You, um, you've talked about race relationships quite a bit. And we live in central Maine, which is not the most diverse um, cultural area. How did you get involved in that? What motivated you to be interested in trying to improve uh, that race relations? Or maybe that's not what it, what your focus is. Can you talk about what your focus is with race? Yeah. So, I mean, it's always changing. And I really do not. There's a lot um, that I've learned about, like, white saviorism. And I do not want to be on that platform whatsoever. I understand that I am I have immense privilege and that I am able to go to school to, for to learn about diversity and I'm this white chick that's going to school for this and um the masters in criminology I think a lot of my classmates may not think maybe similar things that I'm going to for criminology and so my goal maybe perhaps it could be is um kind of the Trojan horse of criminology, like going, fighting the system while in it and offering either therapy or holistic health within prisons or areas where um, police brutality or areas where marginalized communities are prominent. And maybe I could help kids in that area or just not even help, but just offer what I, what I am able to. Um, But then a lot of this motivation has stemmed in my parents. Um, They, I mean, and mostly just what they have taught me over the years about like acceptance and human rights, basic human rights. And of course, growing up as a teenager or growing up at all in the society that that we are in right now, it's clear that it is an issue and for everyone. And it's it shouldn't be even contemplated at this point. And so growing up in this time with so many activists and so many things going on, it's just been, it's been eye opening. And I am, I mean, I'm not happy that this is happening at all, but I'm happy that I have grown up in with, with my parents in the position that they are in where they can teach me um, things that, they can they can teach me how to find access and how to um, 
I guess they give me the tools. They give me the media and things that I can use to learn and to better myself as a person and an ally and an activist in, in this area. And I know that probably made zero sense, so I apologize. But <laughs> no, Sophie, it made perfect sense. It was that's really well said. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, we definitely are in a time of huge opportunities, and I hope that people like yourself continue to do the work. People um, on all sides of the issues have work to do, and it's not easy work. It's a lot of introspection. It's a lot of sorting out, oh, do I really? I guess I do have those biases. And and so those are hard questions to, to run up against. There are tremendous resources right now everywhere for us. So uh, I, I'm excited that you're working on that. The idea of having you um, inside the system trying to change it sounds like an awesome idea. So good luck. And you're going to be great at it. Um, and I hope that, and I know some, you know, think plans change all the time, but you will find a way to make a difference. I know that about you. Uh, so, so good. I, I hope to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think, yes. Hope you will. You will. I know you will. Um, I wanted to ask you um, if you have any, what are you, what, what are you doing to relax? You know, it's, um, what are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Yeah. Talk about that so, for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for book recommendations, I have so many, um, but <laughs> the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, um, that's, you have to read it. It's if you haven't, if anyone, I have has, not, is I haven't read that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have like three copies. I will send it to you. Um, <laughs> okay. you can read it in a day. You can listen to it. They have it on Audible, but it is incredible. It's the four agreements. And shoot, now that I am on the spot, I have to think of them, but it's similar. Like one of them is be impeccable with your word. Um, Another, shoot, um, be impeccable with your word. Yeah, don't take things personally. It's And it goes through it. It it goes through each one and brings it into examples. And yeah, no, and it was a requirement it was a, qu- a required reading for my yoga class and it's my dad had read it a bunch before. And so he obviously knew what that was and it was, it's a big book in my family. And so if anyone has not read the four agreements, you need to drop everything and do that. Um, to shake the sleeping self by Jenna Diane Jenkins is another really incredible book that I have listened to and read at least three times at this point. Um, it's about this man who lives in Oregon and he's in, I think he's turning 30 or he's in his thirties and he realizes that he has never done anything to like push boundaries or that was exciting. He like somewhat midlife crisis. And he decides yeah. to ride a bike to, from Oregon to Patagonia. And it's just the most incredible story and he's funny and it's, it, he's just such a good writer and that it just it kind of gets the adventure part of me really going. Um, so I really love right. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, any any book by Glennon Doyle. She um, is partners with Abby Wambach, the um, soccer player, the U.S. soccer team yeah. champion. 
Um, and she just is such an incredible speaker and she talks a lot about vulnerability and learning and it's just, it, that's a, a really another really amazing book. Um, and then Becoming by Michelle Obama, um, the book and the documentary, I think it's on Netflix. Um, I mean, it's Michelle Obama. How could you go yeah. <laughs> any other way? <laughs> um, so Becoming is such an amazing book. And I I listen to it when I'm awake, but also she has the most soothing voice and that book is amazing. So I just play it to fall asleep too. Oh, what a lovely image. Yes. Yes. To fall asleep to Michelle Obama, you know, just like casually every night. Um, and then, yes. And for podcasts, Unlocking Us um, with Brene Brown, I am, I really love her. My mom recently showed me her podcast and it's really amazing. She has pretty incredible speakers and guests on her podcast. And yeah. I just, I really, I really love her. And um, there's also Behind the Bastards. It was a podcast that my dad's really into. It, it is not as relaxing whatsoever. It makes you really angry, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good, it's a, it's good motive. Um, yeah. People, yeah, different um, people are motivated by different things. And so if that motivates you do that, if, if a lot, you know, if Michelle Obama motivates you, do that. Right, right, yeah. So finding a lot of different books and and ways to learn, and those definitely do. That's my way of relaxing is listening to audiobooks. I would play them while like washing dishes at work, or I would while hiking or roller skiing or just sitting or just that's how I decompress and I drive and listen to books. <laughs> wow, good. Um, so I know that you are quite a athlete and you've, you've taken that to very high levels. Um, I hope you get a ski season in this year. Oh, um, me too. <laughs> and I, um, and I wondered if you would talk about sort of that moment in a long race, a long ski race where, where you just think you've given everything you have, but you still have some distance to go. How do yes. you, how, what's happening in your mind or even in your body about how do you get yourself through that moment? Yeah, for sure. That's a very common occurrence um, in, in Nordic and endurance sports, but especially Nordic. And when you're kind of in that place where you're like, oh my God, I cannot do this. Like my body is exhausted. You've pushed yourself so hard. Your toes are cold. You're sweating a ridiculous amount your body is so tired like you yeah. could collapse at any any moment of just exhaustion and i there have been so many races where my mind all, all races like to be honest i <laughs> my mind is like you are why are you doing this first of all like this is not fun <laughs> um and quite then, a conversation going on <laughs> exactly and it's all about mindset but um kind of knowing that every other race you have finished regardless of how you feel right now and I a lot of the times tell myself like well my mom it's, it's something that she says and Glennon Doyle um, but you can do hard things and so that applies to everything but I always tell the girls on like I was a captain this year and so I would push that out like before every race in our little huddle or distance huddle this year but just mm -hmm. you can do hard things. Your body can do hard things. And um, 
just repeating that and eventually it will be over and really in the scheme of things how how hard is this like it's yes it's very physically taxing but you're not going to die and uh-huh. so a lot of the the times is just getting through that barrier and also adrenaline is very helpful <laughs> like once sure. you get to the last once you get to the last couple hundred meters you're like okay now this is just all adrenaline at this point and yeah. but when you're done you're like you feel so accomplished like getting to the top of Katahdin it's like huh. my body did that my body worked so incredibly hard to the point of almost passing out that like you did that and that is just the most amazing feeling and I think endurance athletes, I mean, I know endurance athletes know the feeling like, well, during it, it's like, why do I do this? This is ridiculous. But then being done and wanting to do it all over again. And skiing is my favorite thing in the world. And my teammates and my coaches and the ski community in general, just that's what keeps you going is the people and knowing that other people really in the race, that also helps me is I'm, I don't, pressure really scares me. I work really well under pressure, but, um, I race well under pressure, but also knowing that people really don't care about how you race. Like, unless you are going to break some record they're like the people there aside from your coach and maybe your parents, they really don't care about how you're racing. And everyone is so, um, they're, they're doing their own races. They're climbing their own mountains. And so also knowing that it's okay and bad races happen and really people are not watching you and people don't care that much about how you do. And so just finding again, that time and space and allowing yourself that grace to, to do it and do your Mm -hmm. best. And it's, it is day to day. Like my best today is different than my best yesterday. And just allowing that to, to be a thing. Oh, I love yeah. <laughs> that. I think that, um, and I like the, the phrase that you use, um, you, you can do hard things. Is that what you said? Yes, we can do yeah. hard things. You can do hard things. Yeah. I've always, I use, mine's a little different, but I, I've always said I have the strength to endure and, yeah. and, but I just have to find it because it's not always right there seemingly available. Sometimes that oh, God, no. strength is, somewhere like in my, one of my cold toes and I got to pull it out. Um, but it is there. And so I, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. And it, it, while you were talking there, it reminded me about how, whether you're an endurance athlete or whether you're trying to make it through a shift at Hannaford's, you, um, you can do hard things that life Absolutely. is, it's, it doesn't really matter where we are. We just have to make the decision to get through. Exactly. Yeah. And doing whatever you can with what you have. And it is also a real thing that people's like people's hard work is very different. It looks very different for other people, depending on where they started, what they have to endure and what their struggles are and making it okay for people to just do their own thing and do their own hard work and, and whatever that looks like. Yeah. And I think everybody is always trying to find a way to have a better life. I, I really do truly believe that. Uh, and I wonder uh, if I, this is my magic wand question. So if I were to have my uh, magic mindset wand and wave it over Sophie Eau Claire, what would you 
have me help you with? What what's a struggle? Because because it's it's I think it's important for the audience to hear what that we all have struggles and that we all need to find our way to the place where we can decide to overcome them. But what are what's something that you struggle with or that you'd want the magic wand to fix? Yeah. So within mindset related, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So what I would want to change or what I would wish that could be what I wish to be better or that I hope to improve at eventually is kind of my my self-talk like that constant I guess you are people always say like you are your worst critic critic and that is definitely true I think for a lot of people and definitely me whether it's body image or what productivity looks like and what success looks like and how I really do compare myself to a lot of other people because that's just kind of what we've been programmed to do and it's not necessarily my fault but being able to change that and forgive myself and um, fuel my body with what it needs and do what I need for my mind and body. And I guess just making that self-talk more positive because it's really easy for me to hype up another person and I'm always really positive um, or I try to make other people feel better when they're in a more negative mind space. And only if Mm -hmm. I were able to do that for myself and okay yeah (laughs) well i think you're probably pretty you're probably better at it than you think you are but but i think it's realistic to to note that uh, we all go through that we all have that they, they just come up and and i actually have named my negative voice and i call her simone and <laughs> she, mo- she moans a lot. Um, like, <laughs> oh, no, you're not good enough. Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, somebody already did that. Why do it again? You know, all the right. things that, that Simone was would say. And, and I, this isn't a magic wand, but I have gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, hi, Simone. It's nice to see you. Um, <laughs> but but I, you somehow you got yourself in the front seat. And I'm telling you, you need to get in the back seat now because... You can come along, um, but it's going to be a joyful ride. And exactly. and so having that sort of idea, you know, that those those thoughts are going to come up, but we have to pluck them out like weeds and then replace them. And you talked earlier about replacing your fear with gratitude. And I think that that process of pulling out that negative thought and setting it aside, casting it off, imagining it you know, burning up like a wisp in the fire um, and then putting something else in helps us to reprogram and uninstall all those negative um, little apps that are going on in our head and put in positive ones. And that takes time and support. And so I wish you the best with that. And it seems like you're right on the right track with it. Yes. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And that's something in yoga that we usually as teachers, I mean, before every class, if it's, um, I mean, really any class, I will say, so if you find any um, thoughts come up that you wish would not be there, don't necessarily try to rid them away or force them away because that's not making anything easier, but just acknowledge that they're there. And then through that acknowledgement and through just 
I guess, making it aware that you do have those thoughts, but then making it okay for them to go away and giving them the space and time to go away because you can't do it instantly Mm. and giving yourself the space and breath and mindset to either not necessarily even distract yourself, but just find new things and find that gratitude rather than constant worry and, and negative self-talk. Sophie, that seems like a fantastic place to close this up. Um, You know, to, to stay in gratitude and to close up the the negative self-talk. And yeah, I think that um, I, I just, I, I'm thrilled to have had this conversation with you. And, and I do want to give you a chance to anything that you've thought of that you wanted to share to wrap things up. And you don't have to, I just wanted to give you that opportunity. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Really, I'm totally happy with everything that was said. And I'm just super grateful for this this time and all everything that you've given to me and the platform that you gave me. And I'm just really grateful. So thank you so, so much. Oh, it's been my pleasure, my true pleasure. And um, to start the to start this venture off with um, someone who's as positive and doing amazing things as you are has been a real privilege. And I'm sure that our the audience will love that too. So I will put together a post for this and then I'll, uh, would it be okay if I shared your um, Grateful Graduate program too? Absolutely. Yeah. I can send you all of the the links and the website and the accounts. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds great. Um, I'm uh, very grateful. I appreciate you. And as I, I have this little thing where I've been doing some um, sort of mindset coaching a little bit, but but really I end that every time by saying, I wish you all love and light. And so I wish you love and light and your family, your amazing family and all the people who surround you. So thank you much. Uh, we are at the end of our show and I'll look forward to seeing you sometime soon. I'll, I'd like to come and watch a race. Oh, absolutely. I'd love that so much. Thank you back so, so, right. so much. All right. Well, um, Sophie, I'm going to hit the stop button and then let's just chat for a second before you go. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Mindset Mama Bears. If you enjoyed the show and would like to get notices of further shows, please subscribe using whatever service you use to listen to this podcast and we'll keep you in the loop. You'd also, you also can send a email to me at mindsetmamabears at alleycleveland.com. I'm grateful for your time. I hope you learned some things today that will help you in your life. And if you have a guest that you think I might enjoy interviewing, please feel free to share that with me in an email. Alli- uh, mindsetmamabears at alleycleveland.com. I'm signing off for now, and I look forward to the next time we have a chance to chat.